Welcome to channel Joel228. I'm going to talk a little more and I would hope that you would listen all the way through because I believe that you will be blessed if you can have patience. Patience is a blessing. Um, anyways, I had a supernatural experience where I was awake and saw Jesus and went through a revelation teaching of some things in Christianity I did not understand completely or meditate or give myself fully to those at the time so therefore they did not become uh, active in my life but as I have done that they have become active in my life anyways so more and more taking the counsel and they changed me anyways um, even without meditating on much they still had a powerful there's still power changed my life that when I saw Jesus um, but, uh, Paul said to uh, Timothy to meditate on those things that were prophesied over him and that it, people would see that those things that were prophesied over him were becoming evident through the meditation of those. We are changed by meditation when we meditate the word of God. Uh, Psalms one says the man that meditates on God's word will be like a tree speaking of spiritual life planted by rivers of water. Joshua 1 8 says if you meditate on God's Word God will bless you um, Paul tells us in Philippians to think on all those pure things that are a virtue and so as we meditate we are transformed by the word because Jesus said that uh, uh, that you're that I've washed you by my word and it says that uh, husbands you're to wash your wives by the 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 the, the uh, you're to wash your wives by the word and so the Word of God has a cleansing, sanctifying effect on us when we read it, and it actually uh, causes transformation. If we think about God's Word all the time, it is light, and, and it'll fill us with light, and we'll become illuminaries, and we'll begin to, to reflect God's light as we meditate on it. God's Word actually has supernatural powers, and as you meditate on it and think upon it, it actually begins to change your spirit, man. Okay. Um, so I meditated on this vision, and, and I'm not going to go through the whole vision because I'm, I'm looking at writing a book on it. So obviously there's more than just one part of this vision and has some revelation. But I'm going to not go through the part where Jesus spoke to me. I'm going to go to the part where I saw Jesus on the cross, and he's not speaking at this time. But the earth is completely black, and then Jesus gives up the ghost. And... This is in the Bible, but obviously God wanted to teach me something, so I needed to study it out and seek it out because there's deeper revelation there. And if you look at Matthew chapter 27, verses 45 and 46, it says, Now for the sixth hour there was, um, hour, there was darkness over all the land unto the ninth hour. And about the ninth hour Jesus cried and said with a loud voice, Eli, Eli, Sabach, and then, then he goes on and he says what he actually says. And he says, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken thee, me? Okay. One of the things Jesus did say when he, when, he, when he died, the thing that he said to me was that he had done this all for me. He, he, he personalized it. Salvation is a personal thing. Jesus was God when he was, um, he's been God for all of eternity. And in the eons of time past, Jesus Christ 
chose to die and knew each one of us individually because Jesus is God and he knew each one of us individually. So as he died on the cross, it was a personal thing for every single one of us. Even though he was man uh, and God, that is reality that was of eternity. Um, now here, as we look at this, we see that Jesus, um, the ninth hour, the whole earth is dark. And this is what the Lord showed me. This is uh, speaking of the darkness of the soul, the, the dark night of the soul. Anyone who commits their life to, uh, if you've never committed your life to serious pursuit of God, then you've never had any spiritual, great spiritual warfare. If you ask somebody and they say they've been a Christian all their life and they say they've never had any great spiritual warfare, the person is actually a lukewarm person, has never ever uh, pressed in hard. Because when you press in hard, the devil presses in hard against you. And as you seek to put your old nature under, the old nature seeks to reassert itself. And so there's the Lord showed this to me through these passages here. If you, I go, so I go into kind of dialogue on this. What you're looking at is with Jesus, before this happened, he goes to the garden. And you'll see there's a really profound truth in here, if you can follow with me. Um, that before Jesus goes to the garden, he asked some of his disciples to, to tarry and pray with him. Now, this is at the greatest anguish, difficulty of his whole life. Okay, he never, ever had such difficulty. He's to the point where the Bible says he sweat, as it were, great drops of blood. And he said, Father, take this cup from me, but not my will, but thy will be done. And so in this whole great trials, what, uh, you know, Christianity from the beginning has called it the passion the passion. And uh, that means because he was doing this with all of his heart. And he said, I've desired to take this communion with you. And so, um, so now we, we see this as, as Jesus is there, he's now, you know, let down by his very best friends in the, and the, and the, in the time of greatest distress and personal need, he is let down with them. Remember the Bible says Jesus was tempted in all points as we are, but without sin. Second thing that we see here is that then he's met with Judas, one of his own disciples, who betrays him. Then as we go on further, uh, Peter denies him three times. And all of these things that are happening are personal to Jesus because he was tempted at all points as we are. He wasn't above emotion. He was affected by emotion. And finally, he's, he's on the cross. He, he's being crucified. Um, He's actually told, if you read the other gospel, why don't you get yourself off the cross? So that thought was there. It was a part of the process. It was a part of the temptation. But in this dark night of the soul, it appeared that God had forsaken him. Obviously, God the Father hadn't. He does say, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But God the Father did not forsake him utterly. It was all a part of the, of the plan and the purposes of God. And many times when we are going through a dark night of the soul, we that we don't see any light. We don't, we've experienced uh, illumination. We've experienced the presence of God. We've experienced uh, tranquility and, and serenity and peace. But then during a night, dark night of the soul, we've done nothing. We've opened no doors. We've not sinned in any way, but this dark night of the soul comes upon us. And it is a place of transfiguration. It's a place of changing because remember Jesus was, they told him, take yourself off the cross. We are in the dark night of the soul. You're on the cross. And it is that place that where God wants you to identify where Paul says that I might know him being conformed to his death. 
that I might attain unto his resurrection. You are going to have to go through betrayal, people denying you, forsaking you. You're going to have to experience dark nights of the soul where it doesn't seem like God is with, with you any longer. And these intrusive thoughts, these 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 uninvited thoughts come at you that, that are contrary to the life of virtue and holiness that you have been pursuing seems to want to cut you off and disconnect you with your divine connection to, to God. And it feels that way. And you feel like, oh my God, my God, why has so forsaken me? But remember, Jesus went on, it says, um, if you read the other gospels, and he, it says, he, he said, I, I commit my spirit into your hands. When we're going through this time, the temptation is to get off the cross. But we must not get off the cross. What this is, is our flesh is trying to reassert itself because we've cut ourselves off from a lifestyle of worldliness or sin. And by doing this, we're crucifying and identifying ourselves with the death of Christ. We have to pass through this dark night of the soul. We have to have people sometimes abandon us. We have to be betrayed and denied. These emotional things have to happen. We are in this position where we feel like, God, where is your presence? I've been filled, filled with your glory, but I don't feel it now. But Jesus didn't, uh, didn't quit right then. He said, Father, I submit myself in your hands. And what I saw is, um, I, saw the whole, I saw that the earth at that point was dark. And Jesus was on the cross. There was people around and everything. I'm not going to get into that. It's not a part of the point. But then he shook his head like this. And then he died. And, and, the, and I asked God, why in the vision do you make that so dramatic? And the Lord said it was dramatic. It was, you know, in other words, he was saying that was a very dramatic situation. This was the Son of God who had been in eternal communion with the Father. And for that moment, he couldn't hear, see, touch, feel anything of God the Father. And, and yet he committed himself to God. And when we don't feel, t t uh, see, or, or, or God, and we don't feel his presence, and we're in a dark night of the soul, you cannot become more like Christ if you don't go to the Gethsemane. You cannot become more like Christ unless you identify with Gethsemane. You cannot be more like Christ if while you're on the cross. Many times what people do is they're on that cross and the devil comes like he was saying to Jesus, get yourself off the cross. And a lot of us just pull ourselves off the cross. And what happens, it, it stops the work of sanctification. We don't become completed through the dark night of the soul. We don't pass the test of the dark night of the soul. And because that we don't grow into full maturity, which we all want to get there. So the thing is, is that the Lord showed me this dark night of the soul is necessary for the transition from uh, in the spirit to grow, grow deeper in Christ, to become more like Christ. We have to suffer with Christ. And so um, this is a teaching that the Lord gave me a deeper understanding through the vision that I had of Christ and of what happened in that night, in that day. And so, of course, he, Jesus was mocked, uh, brutally called names. All of these things happened to him. And all of this was a part of the process uh, showing that there was spiritual warfare going on against him. And literally, the very hordes of hell were coming against him in every way. Um, they, they, when they slapped him and they poked him and they mocked him, all of these were a spiritual attack against him. And yet he endured that. And we're going to have to go through that ourselves, And we're going to have to stay on the cross, not get off the cross and, and commit our spirit to God. And God will give us grace to go through. And we will, we're always connected even during these times. We've never disconnected. Um, what I mean is the Bible says, he that's joined himself to the Lord is, is one spirit with the Lord. We've really never disconnected. Jesus wasn't utterly cut off from God. He was, he, he was not. Uh, and, and he had to pass that test and we've got to pass it as well. Um, we may fail in our life and that's true, but we can pass this test and grow in spiritual maturity. Um, and so 
we can go a lot further than we've ever gone when we when we uh, choose to uh, identify with this as a part of the call of, of a Christian to walk in Christ's steps as we understand that this isn't a strange thing, spiritual warfare, and the enemy coming against us after we've had such clarity and such depth and experienced such freedom and tranquility and serenity uh, that we all of a sudden, as, as Peter says, don't think it a strange thing, the fiery trial that you're going to go through um, and uh, that the trying your faith is much more precious than gold tried in the fire. We're going to get tried in the fire. We're going to pass through these things if we are to grow in Christ. And so um, that's why we should pray one for another, because it's not easy doing this. And without God's grace and mercy, none of us can do it. Okay, Pastor John, uh, shalom.